0: edition of the degenerate hawkeyes podcast trent and biz as we talk the world of hawkeye athletics iowa fresh off a 34-6 victory against formerly 17th ranked indiana now turn their attention to iowa state coming up this week biz a fun one kinnick stadium was rocking the tailgate was fun it was back we got to see all our old friends from the tailgate area around the seats and uh what a Saturday it was in Kinnick Stadium. Yeah,
1: last week Trent, I kind of acted tough and and downplayed uh, how much I missed being at Kinnick last year, but after being there on Saturday, boy, it's a place that you and I and, and hopefully most Iowa fans should never take for granted. Man, that was a that was a pretty special Saturday. That was a place was rocking like you said and just great to be back there in general. I mean, obviously uh the result was was wonderful, but uh just in general, it's you know for for small town Iowa boys like you and I, it's pretty much the, the shrine and the place to be, and uh, it was just pretty special to be back there. So, uh, great win, great atmosphere, great uh, great day all around. Great day to be a Hawkeye.
0: That it was. So let's take a look back at the game. Some takeaways that we have as the Hawkeyes get the victory. Just dominating performance. We got some stat boy information coming your way later here today. As we'll talk about blowouts over ranked teams in the Ferrans era, and also more Stat Boy information as we get ready for Iowa State. But let's start with with what we saw against the Hoosiers. And early on, of course, fourth play from the game, Tyler Goodson gets the edge. Great seal out there, and bad decision by the cornerback from Indiana as he goes to the distance. A pick six. Couple plays after that, Hawks.
1: You know, the crowd and the great atmosphere. I mean, I. <laughs> That game showed just how important having a great atmosphere can be because Indiana just looked shell-shocked from the beginning. I mean, they looked scared. And on both sides of the ball, they just did not look very comfortable offensively especially. I just thought they never found any sort of rhythm whatsoever. I mean, to me, you know, we kind of laughed about it in our our section, but, uh, you know, their left tackle kind of embodied their their team in general, I thought. He had multiple false starts. He just looked uncomfortable all game long, you know, they looked like a team that hadn't been in front of a crowd in a while, and, and, it, and it showed. And so uh, you know, having that raucous kind of stadium crowd really, really helped. I mean, uh, you know, e- even even without a crowd, I think we were the better team. And I talked about that last week going in. I mean, mm-hmm. You and I both weirdly felt confident about the game and thought we were the better team, and, and I think we were. But uh, having that uh, extra crowd uh, noise and, and the energy in the crowd really, really helped
0: offensively the running game, as we mentioned, uh, Goodson had a hundred, went over a hundred and then lost yards on a wildcat play late in the game in the fourth quarter and uh, finished with 99 yards of total offense, but not a ton of running room out there. Offensive line feels like still in a state of flux, trying to find those right combinations, but that's usually par for the course for Iowa early in the season. Just trying to find that right group of guys up front. And we know shooters out probably still for a couple of more weeks there. So overall, not a great performance in the running game and the offensive line as a whole.
1: No, but not a bad performance either. I mean, only one penalty from the offensive line all game and you know, they, you know, Indiana blitzed a ton and I thought they did a pretty good job in, in blitz pick up and you know, obviously anytime you win by, by 28 points, there's a whole lot more good than there is negative, but it, it ended up, I think, kind of a perfect scenario for the Hawkeye coaches because you won, you looked really good doing it, but there are lots of things on tape that you can go back and, and fix. I mean, it was certainly an uneven performance on offense. I mean, we, we left some points on the board. Petrus, uh obviously missed a couple wide-open likely touchdowns, dropped balls. I mean, you know, we had what probably four or five drop balls and then two fumbles. Both running backs fumbled as well. So, I mean, I think across the board on the offense, it's one of those things where you can say, hey – you know, we played okay, but we can certainly
0: play a lot better. Offensively, Spencer Petrus missed the, the wide open throws. Nobody was covering Tyrone Tracy, but I went back. I watched it. Okay, the game went out. It felt okay. There were certainly, I thought, times where Petrus looked pretty good, but as I watched it again, a lot of the concerns that I still had for him cropped up. We know what's coming this week. It's going to be a completely different environment than anything that he's dealt with before. Give me your takeaways, though, from Petrus.
1: The first quarter and a half, I thought he looked great. I mean, up to the point basically of the quarterback draw, um, he couldn't have played any better. I mean, I thought up to that point he made great decisions. You know, had thrown the ball well, had moved in the pocket better than we'd seen in the in the past. Um, and then from the quarterback draw on, he seemed to be dinged up a little bit and never really got back to that comfort level. So, you know, I think it's one of those games where you point out some things and say, hey, he got better. And then you can point out some obvious areas where (laughs) there's still areas of concern. So, yeah, you know, he was 13 for 27. So there's no way I'm going to sit here and say he played great, but, you know, he played, I I, I thought he played better than, you know, he just looked his comfort level and confidence level just looks different than it did at the start of the year last year. I mean, I, I think it's similar to probably how he ended, you know, the Wisconsin game last year. And I just thought, his command of the team and decision-making was good in general. Is His accuracy and ability to hit people that have nobody within uh, 15 yards of him, that's a concern, obviously.
0: Wide receivers as a whole, that's where my concern lies. I, Tyrone Tracy, he's a nice piece, but with that year one, Reganey your two, and Jackson Ritter is your three, I don't know. I, I got some concerns with that wide receiver group.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I mentioned it a couple of times during the game. I was a little frustrated. Tyrone Tracy didn't seem. There were a couple of plays where you could kind of tell he wasn't the main target, and he didn't. He didn't run routes at the effort level that I would have liked to. Have. You know, a couple of broken plays where if he comes back to the ball or, or gives a little better effort, I think he's probably open. And he just kind of. You know, I don't know. I, I like Tyrone Tracy, but I agree with you. I'm not sure he is your. You know, I'm not sure having him as a clear number one is realistic. I'm just not sure he's shown enough over the years to say this guy is a number one receiver, but you know, that I, on the flip side of that, I think there's probably more depth at receiver than we've had in the past. I mean, I think the two true freshmen are both capable as well. And, you know, both for and Tracy have, have put in, they've got a lot of game experience, but is there a superstar in that group? Probably not.
0: So offensively, we move on from that 34 on the board, the offense for all intents and purposes, though, scored 20, maybe even 17, and the three interceptions that they had, including two pit six. But got to be better there. I, I think they will get better as the year goes on. Concerns, but nothing to hit the panic button about. You just beat a ranked team by 28 points. You hate, hate to go that way. But the big reason for that is what we saw defensively. We knew the back seven was going to be great. It was. And maybe even a step above that. This is an elite-level linebacker crew. And really, you look at the linebackers, I thought Campbell might have been the guy that – I mean, Benson was all over the place. When Jacobs was out there, he was incredible. Campbell was kind of quiet overall. I know a lot of times that has to do with the Simons and what they're doing against a team built like Indiana. Defensive backfield was great. And the defensive line, look, they're not going to get to the quarterback. There's nobody on this team that's going to have double-digit sacks this year from the defensive end position. But I'll tell you, that team played fundamentally sound up front, and it felt like maybe there is a little bit of depth there. Defensively, this team, once again, Phil Parker, he's got a D.
1: Well, at some point, Trent, you feel like there's a – you run out of words to uh, describe really probably <laughs> undersells just how good that defense was on Saturday. They were dynamic. I mean, it's just – we were inches away from having all five of our defensive backs with an interception. I mean, obviously Moss had the two, Belton had the one, Hankins got screwed out of one on a on a phantom roughing the passer, and then both Merriweather and Kerner – Jumped routes and had balls hit him in the middle of the chest. Right. I mean, it's not it's not an exaggeration to say all five of them probably should have had an interception on, on Saturday. And it's just, you know, like you said, the linebacking crew. When when Jack Campbell is your your least impressive of the three, you know you've got some good linebackers, and, and that's not a, a shot at Jack Campbell in any way. But I just thought Benson and Jake and, and Jacobs are Jenny or what the heck is it, Justin. Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah. Jacobs played really well on Saturday. And you can tell with Jacobs, the coaching staff really trusts him because they had him cover the hender shot, the, the tight end. Every time he came out and they put him in the slot area, Jacobs covered him. And that's the guy that, that Penix relies on a ton. I mean, he had you know, he had 50 catches a couple of years ago and then, you know, they put him in one-on-one out in space. And I don't remember a single time him getting beat out there. So that, the confidence level in him, I think, has gone up a ton. I just think last year they didn't have a lot of confidence in him, and boy, he—they—they—they uh, they, they seem to have a lot of confidence on Saturday, and he—he he seemed to live up to it. So, and, and and the front, you know, the D line were they great? No, but there's a lot of talent there. Trent, you and I talked about it. What they make up for, and probably. Have, they don't have a superstar, but they do have some depth there. And that showed that's what I think nine guys played or nine guys played at least 10 snaps, I think. So that's, that's a good thing because we, as we've seen in the past, when, when Iowa can keep their D line fresh, they're usually pretty darn good.
0: They are deep there. They're going to be fine. I think at the very least, you know, I, I brought up 2005 and that's where a lot of people are pointing with this defensive line because 2005. They lost everybody up front. They had all these great linebackers coming back with Hodge and Greenway and on and on and on. And they weren't very good that year defensively, especially early in the year. But that year you look at the roster, the defensive line was comprised completely by freshmen and sophomores. That's all that was out there here. You don't have the same kind of experience, but you got guys that have gone to war. Wagner's played snaps. Of course, we saw Van Volkenberg last year, play out a ton of snaps a year ago. So I think that's where the difference lies in this. And they're going to be good there. This team is going to be, you feel like in every single football game going forward because of the way they're built defensively. And now it's going to come forward to the offense taking a step forward. Special teams, Tory Taylor had a couple of punts that were just right there from being absolutely monsters inside the five yard line, just snuck into the end zone. We know he's going to be good. And Shudek, he looks a part too. Well, I
1: mean, I, to me, you look at it, I mean, this is, has the makings of a, Top five defense for sure in the nation. I think they've got the makings of a top five to ten special teams group in the nation. I mean, Torrey Taylor is as good as anybody in the nation. And Like you said, it from kickoff, I mean, he's an elite kickoff guy. I mean, they I can't remember the last time somebody returned a kick against us, and if they did, it was usually by, by design because we would uh, do kind of the uh, Is very good in the return game, and, you know, <laughs> When you talk about two out of the three parts of your game are, are top ten good, offense doesn't have to be great. It just has to be above average. If it can be a, you know, top half of the big ten offense, then you're gonna be in every single game and you know, you got a chance to really have a special season. I mean this team I mean, I don't wanna over exaggerate with one game in only, but I mean this team has a chance to I mean, you look at that schedule There's not a single game on that schedule where you say, "Oh boy, we're 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 overmatched." Right? We're just not. I mean, every single game, we're going to have a chance. Does that mean we're going to go 12 and 0? Obviously not. But I mean, does it mean we have a chance in all 12 of them? Obviously. I mean, we're uh, this is a team that we talked about last week. The expectations should be high, and obviously, after what you saw on Saturday, there's no reason to uh, taper down those expectations.
0: It was a dominating performance. Iowa wins it by 28 against a ranked team. I was at these in the past and blow up victories in the Ferentz era. We put Stat Boy to work this week. Hawks win a big against a ranked team. What do you have up your sleeve?
1: Well, I gave Stat Boy a, a two quick assignments again this week. Tried, tried to do a – after last week, he really did some deep, deep diving. I wanted to give him a little bit of a break. So I gave him an easy one first here, Trent. Um, you know, This is just a – a meatball down the middle of the plate for for Stat Boy. I think it took him about thirty seconds to get this back to me. So, <laughs> um, so obviously we beat Indiana ranked team by, by twenty eight. So I just simple question: In the Ferrans era, how many times have we beat a top twenty team by twenty four or more? And the answer is Trent, five. This is the fourth
0: Michigan in two thousand two.
1: That is correct. That was the first time thirty four to nine at the Big House.
0: Let's, uh, the year in 04 when they beat Ohio State, was Ohio State ranked like 25th that year?
1: Yeah, they were not a top-20 team. You are okay. correct. They were ranked at the end, but they were not a top-20 20 20.
0: team. 20, okay. Uh, Michigan State, 2010?
1: Correct. The, uh, the, the interception game with yep. the, uh, the, the pitch-back interception, 37-9. Those are the first two. So The, the, the last two have been more recent. So there's your recent. hint. They've been from 2010 forward.
0: All right, more recent. I'll program. give you one more. I'll give you one more hint. Right? All right, the score of the
1: game in those two games were identical.
0: Identical, so that means winning by twenty four or more. Let's see, thirty one seven That at 35 thirty five. Ranked teams, Ohio. Oh, the Ohio State game, obviously from a couple of years back. Get it, fifty fifty five twenty four.
1: Correct. That, so, well, so that I'm incorrect. That, that was there. That was the fifth time. So this is the sixth. Actually, sorry, my math. Okay. Sorry. That was the fifth. There's two others that were the identical score.
0: Two others. I'm bouncing around thinking who they are. There's no blowouts against like, Nebraska. wasn't ranked that high. Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern, no. Penn State, uh, when they beat them last, no. I don't know. You got me. I got, I got three out of the five.
1: And The other two, I probably wouldn't remember on the top of my head either. Both scores were 40 to 10. Does that help?
0: 40 to 10. It doesn't, No.
1: Well, the one of them was on my 40th birthday, Trent. So we scored 40 against Nebraska on the 40th birthday. Shockingly, in 2016, Nebraska was ranked 15th at the time we we blew them out, 40 to 10. And the year before, the 12 and 0 year, 2015, when we went to Northwestern, we beat them 40 to 10. They were ranked in the top 20 at that oh, time.
0: Oh, okay. As I was bouncing around it, and yeah, now as you say them and the kind of bounces out there, that was the week that it felt like what Bethard maybe wasn't even going to play; he was so banged up. I think Akram had a monster performance against Northwestern, so okay, now it's all coming together.
1: Well, that was the week we had like I think three fifths of our offensive line. Were right. out, so we, we went into that thinking uh, this could be ugly, but yeah, Northwestern was ranked twentieth, and we beat them by by thirty. So, uh, so that was so five times. So the sixth time ever on, on Saturday was a. Uh, a beat down of a top 20 opponent by, by 24 or more. So uh doesn't happen often. So cherish it when it does.
0: Good stuff there. So five times it's happened. Number six after Saturday, 34-6. I don't know if this one will be deep in the memories. I'm just, I'm not sold on, on Indiana and certainly Penix. Uh, he looked really, really uncomfortable out there coming off. Not just one ACL. Remember, this is his second ACL tear and did not get comfortable back there. So, we jump from there and a little more stat boy work. What's he got? Well, the other the other
1: stat boy stuff is Iowa State. So let's uh, you want you want to turn the page on on last week and start looking forward to uh, the biggest Iowa State game of all time.
0: Well, as you can imagine, here in central Iowa, that is all people are doing around here.
1: Yeah, we don't, you know, it's weird living over here in eastern Iowa. I don't think we get one tenth the uh, psychoticness that you guys get over there. Nope. As, uh, as you remember, our our great friend Matt Conover. Um, I remember he used to, after the first game he used to frequently tell me. Uh, cause I, he would jokingly asked if he could just sleep on my my couch for the week because he couldn't handle <laughs> all the uh, all, all the obnoxious Iowa State fans. And that that was back in the day when when Iowa State wasn't even good. Uh-huh. Now that they're. Uh, a good football program and, and Campbell's got them going in the right direction. I can't, I can't, I'm sure, I'm sure the, uh, the of this level has taken to it to another, a whole nother level. But, uh, yeah, you, you, we don't get a ton of that over here. It's just, you know, fortunately we live in, we live in the land of the Hawks and I would say 80 to 80, to 85% of the people over here are, 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 flying the black and gold.
0: Yeah. It's a different world. And I tried to explain that outside of our program director at the radio station, Andrew Downs, who also went to Iowa Nobody else has even lived in eastern Iowa that's on our station. I try to explain that. That it's just, it's such a non-equity compared... Yes, this week it ramps up and it's bigger, but we talk about it all year long. It it is all summer long. It is the lead up to the game, the build up to the game. It is so different in central Iowa than it is across the state. And and it's, it's hard for a lot of people here to wrap their mind around. It just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know a couple of people that went to Iowa State or a couple of Cyclone fans... Biz, even where we grew up, we grew up in Osage. Obviously, Ames is a lot closer, but outside of a couple of farmers and like two families, I remember Mr. Mayor, our, our PE teacher in elementary school. He'd put up on the board one yellow sheet, one red sheet, and everybody would signed their name that went to PE throughout the week. Who's going to win? By what score? He wrote it up there, and there'd be like eight names out of the 500 names up on the paper on the Iowa State side. Just everybody. It's also the time in the 80s that I was dominating, but it was just even there, it was a non-starter in North Iowa with Ames even closer there. It's a different world that I live in here, Biz, and you got it made most of your, uh, most weeks uh, before this one.
1: Yeah, well, this this year's the exception of the rule, though, because for, for once, this year probably deserves the hype. I yeah. mean, mo- mo- most years, as you'll see when we get into the stat boy info in a little bit here, but... Uh, most years you're not talking about uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to the two teams that are the product that's on the field. But uh, this year, for once, Trent, uh, we're talking about two top 12 teams. I I don't know if you saw, but right before we uh, started here, that the new rankings came out, and Iowa is number 12, and and Iowa State is number 10. So we're looking at uh, not only the first time ever that both of them have been ranked, but you're looking at two teams ranked in the top 12. So for the first time in a long, long time, you're talking about, a, you know, I know two years ago, game day was there, but that was, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it was clearly they wanted to check Iowa State off their mm-hmm. list. If okay. They're trying to get to everywhere. This year, uh, it's actually deserved coming here. And, and so, yeah, if there's ever a year where the hype probably is uh, necessary, this would be it, I guess.
0: Right there with you. And after what happened last week, I went back, watched the Iowa State UNI game. Listen to it on the way home, at least the end and the final drive. Iowa State didn't look good. They didn't tackle well, as good as that defense is, and I do believe they have a good defense. The offensive line is okay. Brees Hall is apparently banged up. Matt Campbell actually disclosed that on his coach's show last night, which he never talks about injuries. We'll see if Kohler's back. He is a huge piece of their offense. They look bad, but we've seen Iowa State look really bad before and then bounce right into the season. Against Iowa. You are not going to see the same Iowa State team that we saw a week ago against you and I. This is going to be a team that plays much better, much more buttoned up. They're going to have some wrinkles here. I think we're looking at a slugfest. This is going to be field position, drag it out, first one to 20 type of game. That's how I see this one unfolding. I think it's two really good defenses against some offenses that have questions, and there's a quarterback I trust a whole lot more in this spot. Unfortunately, well, he might be wearing black on Saturday. It's not going to be the black we're cheering for, though.
1: Yeah, well you and I talked about this before you left um the tailgate and and you may not remember this Trent, because you were uh I had fun. You had, you had a few cocktails during the game as well, which yeah. by, by the way, uh I was quite jealous of that. I was <laughs> as you know, I was had to drive home and so I, I did not get to partake in the yeah. uh it was joyous. The game game time beers, which uh I'll, I'll save that up for the Penn State game. let put it that Thank way. I'll it. I'll earn it that week, that week. Um, but you and I talked about this. I mean, Iowa State, what they have become, is a very similar team to Iowa. Uh-huh. And you know, we've talked about it. You know, Kirk Ferentz by 2002 had, had built us into this team that, really, for the last 20 years, we have been a consistently competitive, occasionally, whenever when everything falls in line, great team. And that's what Matt Campbell has right now. The last couple of years, they've been consistently competitive. And this year, they're putting all their chips in the table because they've got everybody back. They could be potentially great this year. I mean, you're talking about a team, and you look at across the board, both teams won 75% of their games last year. Both teams returned a ton of talent. Both teams very well coached. And like you said, both teams have elite defenses. I mean, elite. I mean, if you listen to the uh, – if you watch the, the blowout Old Miss game last night, they talked about John Haycock and the fact that he has become kind of a, a coach whisperer, and other coaches come to see him because of what he established on their defense. And it's not a gimmick. I mean, they're a really, really good defensive team, and Phil Parkers obviously doesn't have a gimmick defense either. So, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, on their side, I think they have two things really, really going for them. Um, which is, one, the more experienced and probably just flat-out better quarterback, and second, they've got the crowd. Um, I mean, those are the two things they've got going on their side. But there's two areas, I think, where we've got some advantage also. One is special teams. I think we're clearly a better special mm-hmm. team than they are. Second, for one of the few times in our life, we here. I clones mean, right. here. This is one of the few times where they, they're expected to win this game. That doesn't happen very often. And not only are they expected to win, but I think there's some Iowa State fans out there that think we should they should win this pretty easily, and that's not common. And so, you know, they've never had to play with this type of pressure before. They've always been kind of the underdog and the you know you know this you know, there's always been this false narrative that somehow means more to them. I guarantee it doesn't mean more to them this week. I know. And I've heard from good authority the Iowa coaching staff. There is absolutely no love loss for Matt Campbell. They, they uh, they're not they're not huge fans of Matt Campbell, to put it that way. So I, they, Iowa will come ready to play. Will we? Can we overcome the fact that Spencer Petras has never played in front of a large crowd before, and that honestly half our team has never played in front? of But I'm excited to see what happens because I, I like you said it's going to be a slugfest. It's two teams that. I don't think like each other very much. I think there's a, there's kind of a borderline hatred right now, and I think both teams will be uh, fired up and ready to go. It's going to be fun.
0: You go back to the game two years ago over there. Iowa, of course, made the play late in the game. The special teams play as they got the fumble recovery and uh, held on for the victory, 18-17. And I really do believe this is what we're training to. It's going to be a very similar type of game. Iowa's going to clamp down once Iowa State gets inside the 30-yard line. You mentioned special teams. Are are Iowa State fans confident with a Sally going out there and kicking a field goal? They got Mavis, a new kicker, who's got a stronger leg. Special teams on the punt side, I think a huge advantage for Iowa. The return game, we'll see about Charlie Jones uh, after we hear from Kirk later today. But you you go through and and all those little check marks, it's going to come down to a play. It's going to come down to a moment. And Iowa State's at home. I guess that's where I lean there. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm certainly grabbing the points, and this is something this summer, even as it got this high, I was in uh, in Las Vegas back in July, and as you know, Biz, uh, my buddy, the sportsbook director out at the South Point, Chris Andrews, and I was talking to him, and he was the highest of anybody on the strip. He had them, Iowa State laying 7.5. I said, Chris, you're way too high. I said, it. I understand where your numbers are. He showed me kind of everything he does to put it together. I'm just, in this game, that's too high, and you mentioned a huge component, too. Iowa State in the pressure. How are they going to react to that? And how are they going to go there? If I had to make a pick right now, i still take Iowa State. But I'm grabbing those points. It's still at four and a half right now at DraftKings. I'm just absolutely baffled it is still that high. Week one aside, it was too much at that point. And we'll see if there's any point spreads that come on. One thing, though, at least as it pertains to the betting public, everybody is betting on Iowa right now. I saw a number last night. 87% of the bets at that time had already come in on the Hawkeyes on the opening line.
1: Well, as we saw last week, Trent, I think you quoted what was it, 73% were on Indiana mm-hmm. last week. So, uh, you know, the, the betting public, as, as you know, I think you're sometimes when the betting public zigs, that's the time to zag. well yeah. so, Hopefully, that's not the case here. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, Trent, you know, everybody knows that it's all Iowa football. We, we've only lost by more than seven points what once in the last four years, and that was on a random. Wisconsin scored two touchdowns in the last three minutes. Sure, I mean, we just – Iowa's competitive in pretty much every football game. And to Iowa State's credit, that's what they've become also. I mean, they're again, they're kind of a, a mirror of us in many ways. Iowa State hasn't got blown out in a long time either. So it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a good football game. And I'm just excited, like I said, for once. It actually lives up to the hype. And for once, if, if Iowa loses the game – I don't think I'll be disappointed. I mean, obviously, if we get blown out or if you know if we just get destroyed, I'll be disappointed. But for the most part, we're going up against a really good team on the road, and I'm—I I know you don't like to give Iowa State their credit, but I'm—I'm I'm willing to at this point. But like I said, the pressure is all on them. How awesome would it be to keep Matt the goose egg and Matt Campbell's? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's never beat us. Everybody knows that man, it'd be awesome for him to never beat us and, and eventually uh, take off and go somewhere else. And you couldn't do that for the rest of his life.
0: Be pretty good. Pretty good. Unless he ends up in Michigan or Penn State, something like that. That aside, yeah, that'd be a good one to uh, end his Iowa State coaching career. Uh, Biz, uh, you said stat boy. has got a little info here for Iowa State. What did he dig up?
1: Yeah, again, another easy one for stat boy, but... What I asked was, I mean, obviously everybody saw the stat. Iowa and Iowa State have never played as ranked opponents. But I just asked, how often do the two teams even come off winning seasons? Because very rarely are both teams even trending in the right direction. Um, And so, stat boy looked, this will be the seventh time ever that both teams come off winning seasons. And amazingly enough, all of those years, one of the two teams had five losses the year before. So this is the first time ever that you've got two teams that, you know, we went six and two last year. They went nine and three. First time ever that one of the teams isn't coming off at least five losses. Hmm. In the end. So you want to jump into this, the time machine real quick and go through the six games?
0: Yeah. Let's see what you got.
1: Uh, there's only one from the, the, the 70s and 80s, and that was 1987. Iowa State's coming off a six and five year, and we destroy them 48 to nine. But the fun stat of this game, Trent, Iowa State scored nine points on three field goals. I'll be unbelievably impressed if you can name the person that made the three field goals. I'll just give you a hint. He has a connection to the Iowa football program.
0: Connection to the Iowa program. All right. What year was this?
1: 1987.
0: 1987. Uh, Bill Bill Roby, Reggie's
1: brother. You're on the right track. You think special teams. Jeff Shudak. Okay. Caleb, Caleb Shudak's dad kicked all three field goals for the clones that day. So only Stat Boy finds that kind of info out for us. So Jeff Shudak scored all the points, but unfortunately, uh, the cl- wasn't enough for the clones. His three field goals uh were uh outpaced by uh, Ronnie Harmon's 180 yards and a, a 48 to nine Hawk victory. So the other five times Trent are all more recent, and they're all years we can we can all remember. Unfortunately, the next one up is one we'll just skip through quickly because uh, 2002, both teams coming off seven in five years. We get up 24-7, you know what happens from that point forward. So we'll, we'll just skip that year entirely, Trent. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, I don't want to relive that one. Also lost my wallet that day in the student section.
1: Let's, uh, add insult to injury. Yes. Trent. So 2005, I think maybe you and I were both at this game. I, I know I was. I can't remember if you were, but at Ames. We're coming off a ten and two year. They're seven and five. Drew Tate gets early hurt early in the game. The wheels fall off, and we get our butts kicked twenty three to three. Were you at that game?
0: Yes, I was. I was uh, <laughs> a few choice words came my way after that game as I was walking out of the stadium. Not my, not my most fun uh, Iowa Iowa State game, and it was hideous. And that environment, that was as loud of an Iowa State game inside. That's actually the last time I've been. Jack Choice was two thousand five. I, I, I think I had the same experience you did. I walked away
1: thinking uh, I'm, I'm getting too old for this, and uh, right. I don't need to end out in the, uh, the Ames, uh, Ames County Jail. So uh, I've stayed away from Ames for the last 21 year or last 16 years, and probably uh, don't see myself going back time soon. So the last three times it's happened, Trent, more happy outcomes for the Hawks. So the, the last three times, both teams have come in off of winning season, we've won all three games. So 2006. Both teams were seven and five in the 2005 year. We won at Kinnick, 27-17, and then the last two times are actually the last uh, couple of times that the, the two teams played. So, 2018 and 2019, they were eight and five both years. We went eight and five and nine and four, and as you know, we won both games: 13-3 at Kinnick, and then the 2019 at 18-17, at nail biters So, so. Overall, in the years that both teams have come off at least respectable seasons, we're four and two. So let, let's hope to make that five and two on Saturday.
0: Find a way. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. Doesn't matter what happens. Just get it done. And uh, got a shot. That's what you can ask for. Because there were times this summer, I didn't know if they'd have a shot. But uh, feeling more confident certainly today than I did even a week ago at this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you and I. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify this trip, but it really does come down to. Can Spencer Petras go on the road and and play decent football? Mm -hmm. Because I I think we both know our defense is going to show up. Their defense is going to show up. You know, honestly, I I could see us playing this game incredibly close to the vest. I could see us running the ball 65, 70 percent of the time, relying on Tory Taylor to flip the field and being patient and waiting for them to make a mistake. And and that, that might be a winning winning formula, but. If we show up like Indiana did at Kinnock on Saturday then you know we're not if we fall down fourteen nothing I'm just not sure this team's equipped to to bounce back so uh be vanilla be patient and uh you know wear them down I, I think uh they don't get to play teams with our physicality all that often I think if we can if we can stay in the ball game and, and not get uh not get ran out ran out of uh, jack trice right away i, I, I I like our
0: chances. Yeah, it's kind of slow that thing down early. Yeah, I, I like that, and I kind of like that recipe going into it. Well, with that, let's make some predictions this week. After we both go perfect in Week 1, I won your pool. I went, won a bunch of pools this week, Biz. I, I got to show you my run-through on my count this week. I bet 16 college football games totals. I also had a parlay in there. I am not – this is not hyperbolic. I will show you the screenshots of everything. I went 16-0. and 0. Never even close to it. Now I say, why didn't I do a why 16 team did, parlay? Why didn't you parlay? That? I know, I know. Well, yeah. we wouldn't be talking well, right now if I did that.
1: you got nowhere to go but down, Trent. I mean, that's going to be uh, hideous. That was the world's biggest kiss of death right there. Oh, to, yeah.
0: announce,
1: to announce that you went 16-0, and 0, you might as well have just uh, gave the double bird to the gambling <laughs> gods right there, Trent. That was basically a... I, I kind of want to keep a running total now to see uh, when you get back to 500.
0: It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. All right, let's kick it off here and uh, start with Iowa. Iowa State. Should we be putting this this section
1: of the podcast down like a paywall, Trent? But we're both <laughs> of three and three and zero. Oh. Right. Probably. Uh. Again, we're. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure either one of us have ever been. Uh, we we've generally gotten off to terrible starts, so we need to. Uh, we need to cherish the fact that we're both above 500
0: for now. Well, and now you're you're just showing your ass to the gambling gods too. So I'm sure you got a good one up your sleeve. I. <laughs> I'm going to do what I was going to do all summer and it might be a late field goal that puts it away, but I'm going to lay the points with Iowa state. I said all summer long that this is going to be a seven to 10 point victory for Iowa state week one. I'm not going to overreact here. 2013. I do love the under and you can see by the, my score prediction there, but I'm going to lay the points. I'll lay the four and a half with Iowa state.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll take your other part of that. then I'll take the under, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, 46 is just too many points. I mean, I like Iowa plus four, four and a half also, but I don't love that. I love the under, so give me the under 46.
0: Under 46, we go to our game of the week before we get to our best bet. And this week, it is some slim pickings out there. The night national game on ABC is Washington against Michigan-Washington. Scores on their first possession of the year and then goes 12, 12 straight times without scoring a point against montana Charisma must have a defense this year. They go to Michigan. Not a good one there. And you look around, Utah, BYU, that might be another one that you put up. But we're going to go with Oregon, who survives against Fresno State as they take on Ohio State.
1: The over, Trent. I think the one thing you saw from uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, is that Ohio State's got some crazy good athletes, and they're going to score on everybody. But their defense is a work in progress. They, they, <laughs> at one point they were talking about that a guy that was a running back a month ago was, was – one of the starting linebackers. So uh, I don't know how a team with that much talent has that limited depth in some areas, but uh, I think Ohio state wins this game relatively easy, but the the spread's pretty high. It's 14, 14 and a half in there, which I think in the end, I think you're looking at, I could see this easily be at a 42, 28 Ohio state win. So give me the over.
0: I'm going to take the Buckeyes in this spot. I'm just not a believer in this Oregon team. I wasn't in the preseason and I think that continues here. Ohio State's the better side, that wide receiver group. Thibodeau, their fine defensive end for Oregon. He got banged up in week one. Just feels like there's a lot of things pointing the Buckeyes' direction and a little extra time to prepare, a couple extra days in there. I don't think that's a bad thing either. I'll lay the t- t- two touchdowns. Give me Ohio State minus the 14. Biz, try to make it 3-0 and for the second straight week. What's your best bet? Give me the Ball State testicle Shreds. <laughs>
1: jeez. Oh, <laughs> They got to go into Happy Valley this week, but uh, Ball State is, I think, by most accounts, the, the, the favorite to win the MAC this year. I think they're, they were great last year, what seven and one, I believe, and they returned a ton of talent. Penn State coming off an absolutely huge win at uh, Camp Randall, I just think they're going to be ready for a letdown. Is Ball State going to win the game? I don't think so, but I think they can stay within 22. I think this is a game where Penn State probably comes out sleepwalking, gets going, and wins by you know ten to seventeen somewhere in there. But twenty-two is too much. You don't. Uh, the Ball State Fighting Testicles will put up put up a good battle and stay within three touchdowns.
0: Ball State Biz's best bet of the week. I had a few games that uh, popped out here, but I'm gonna go this direction. That's uh, okay. So Mississippi State with Leach. They're hosting NC State. NC State was, uh, this summer, a team that I identified very early. Their win total was at a flat six pretty much everywhere. I looked through the schedule, the returning talent, pretty good defense. They got two guys a lot of people think are going to be first, second-round draft picks. Their quarterback, Leary, has been around for a while. I just thought NC State was going to be good, like eight and four good. Not excellent, not winning a national championship, but really good. And dominated their Thursday night game against South Florida. I just don't think Mississippi State is that good. And I think NC State... Has the pieces to slow down Leach's offense. I'm getting a field goal here. I don't think that I'm going to need it. No, I'm wrong. I'm laying two and a half with NC State. I'm fine with it, though. They're the better side. They're the better football. NC State, my best bet of the week.
1: I think over the years, my my overall percentage of betting on Mike Leach games, I, I bet I'm 0 and 50. Every time <laughs> I think Mike Leach teams are... Uh, falling apart he somehow gets them to come back every time i think they're turning the corner they put up a goose egg so uh, good luck with that Trent. Uh, uh, trying to figure out mike leach teams is uh not easy
0: Wolfpack, wolfback that's where we're going we finish things up as we do each and every week it's time once again for business beat hey kids gather around for business beat of the day
1: okay here's business beat of the day i are going to end this week with a, with a rare tip of the ball cap to the uh, University of Iowa event staff or whatever you call them, marketing group. Uh, I, you were there, and anybody else that was there saw the, uh, the Freddie Mercury uh, live aid thing that they did during, during the game at Kinnick, and it was awesome. Yeah. That was the first thing I can say in 20 years, that uh, the game day experience that they did that actually worked. I mean, that truly worked. The, the, the student section loved it. The middle-aged people like you and I that uh, recognized it, we knew who it was, and just it got everybody going. It was the timing of it was perfect. It was like I, I'm assuming or hoping they listened and saw how everybody got into it, and it'll become a, a tradition because it was one of the rare times where it was a home run. It worked, and everybody liked it. So, uh, no. Nope, having, having said that, they'll probably stop doing it and, and bring back uh, Hey Jude instead. So, uh, but it was. I've been critical of some of those things in the past, so uh, I'll tip of the ball cap today, Trent. It was uh, it was enjoyable, and I think it's something that hopefully will become a connect tradition.
0: Hawks get it done. Biz is happy with Freddie Mercury and everything that yeah. went there. I, I enjoy Queen in general, Trent. Right. Bohemian, If you haven't watched it, Bohemian Rhapsody is an excellent movie. There's my
1: movie review of the week.
0: Look at you, movie reviews. You get it all from Mr. Jace Bisgard. And uh, we'll get it all again next week with a another edition of the degenerate hawkeyes podcast biz let's bring home a victory we got some exciting news hopefully coming up got a meeting this afternoon and maybe some uh more news I about getting, am i getting fired no no you're you're okay. in good shape
1: i rely on these big paychecks to get through the week Truth,
0: <laughs> there might be an actual paycheck we'll see we will see biz have a great week enjoy cy hawk we'll talk again soon
1: all right go hawks